Hello everyone and welcome to Sagab. This is your host, Badr Amin, author of the book, Happy Life, Summarized Guide and Habits to Self-Development. In this podcast, we aim to find common habits of people in different industries, such as but not limited to sports, investing and business, by identifying their mental and practical habits, routines and recommendations for you as a listener to be able to integrate it to your own life. Thus, the podcast will hopefully help you identify what are the common essentials that contribute significantly and maximize their performance, regardless of the industry. The podcast is divided into two parts, where the guests will talk about the mental practices, self-talk, and who is successful to them, whereas the other part is more into the practical habits and routines integrated into their daily life and the recommendations for the listener. So, please enjoy and take notes. So our guest today is Sharmada Zajali, Rashid Al Gharir, Muhammad Al Madfai, Ali Al Mazrui, Rova Al Marekhi. Who is considered successful to you and why? Success is a big word. I don't know if anybody can reach to that level of, you know what, I'm successful, I'm done, I've done it. I mean, there's a lot of successful people are at the journey of success, you know, like because success for me or how I see it is a stepping stone, right? So every time you reach to one milestone is a success. Then you create another milestone. You build another milestone for you. The sky never has a limit. So you're always going to go up. Sometimes you come down and that could be a success because you might exit something or you might let go of something, but then it could open another door for you. So if you come back to see who is successful for me, an influential person, you know, like... Um, a success which is not only about money or position or positions. Success is how can you influence others? How can you make a huge impact, you know, not only on a person's life, but then maybe a community, maybe a country, maybe a whole, you know, group of people. Now, there's a lot of successful people. You have, for example, in, in business and a very influential person, by putting something on Twitter, he changes the world almost. Elon Musk, you know, like uh, that's how successful can you be to just do that, you know? As I said, like who I think is a successful person is who's actually striving for more and more and more. You know, for, let's go back to Elon Musk. I don't think he needs the attention anymore. I don't think he needs the media anymore. I don't think he needs to worry about, you know, Tesla or SpaceX or, you know, they're making money or they don't make money. But because for him is he just finished the one milestone, there is something else. There's more to do, you know. There's the mentality and the eagerness of a person who has that kind of uh, drive, you know. That's the success, I think. Well, I like to see more pioneers, and I would like to see more pioneers in this region. Um, I get inspired by the people who first, you know, invent something and then they are able to prove that is a good invention for human beings. And typically we see that is coming from a certain region uh, globally. And uh, I would like to see more of those pioneering uh, individuals within the region. Hmm. What would you do to help these pioneers, for example, to help them or to have more of these pioneers? I would say... You know, at times we need to um, think differently, um, 
think um, really what is the purpose of doing any business? Uh, what are we trying to achieve out of that? Um, again, there is a good book which is uh, which talks about um, start with the why. By Simon Sinek. By Simon Sinek, yeah. And it basically, you know, it puts a purpose for everything in your life. And I think it's that moment when you realize your purpose, you know what you're trying to sort of achieve. I think at many times it's a, it's an animal instinct within us as humans to follow others. Hmm. Um, I think when we are able to realize and break that habit, we can achieve tremendous different things. That's the concept which I would highly recommend people to, to look at and, uh, and to start to practice. Who's considered successful to me is anybody who is uh, satisfied, anybody who's satisfied with what he has and happy. That's, you know, because the source of real happiness is satisfaction. Um, so anybody who is uh, satisfied uh, and doing their best, uh, you know, like there's a saying that you don't need to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. So anybody who has that drive, who uh, wakes up every day and does his best uh, and satisfied with any outcome, knowing that he did his best is successful to me. You know, to me, success is measured differently. You know, at a young age, you, you measure success. I want to finish school. I want to get my university degree. And then you eventually grow and start working. And, and at work, I, I, want to, I want progress in my career. I want to achieve this. So I think at every age, success is completely different. And it's not the way you perceive success, the way you perceive success to yourself. I want to do this at this age. I want to achieve this at this age. And don't say I want to compare myself to others. Every person is completely different. This is my perception. There are two things to it. One is maybe I want to be successful in a certain field, so we create a community for it, a sub-community. Mm. And another is when you have someone within your group or community who is really good at something, mm. let's expand that by creating another mm. domain. When I started the SBJ, I didn't think entrepreneurship. Okay. But around 30 or 40 out of the 150 ladies within SBJ are business owners. Nice. So why not create a community for them where together we can exchange knowledge and benefit? Mm. And a simple example would be, where can I find um, a good designer? Yeah. And then everyone's going to support you with that. Okay. When it comes to me wanting to, to grow in a certain field, the example would be the, the sports. Mm. I want to be more active in life. And I want to try new sports in life. Maybe I would love something. And this is what happened, you know, with uh, trying paddle, kayaking, football, volleyball. I found myself in badminton. Mm. And he continued from there. So it's all about either the demographics of SBJ okay. and expanding or myself with a specific interest that I want to grow hmm. in. And you start with there. An advice you remind yourself with and why? Never give up. I have been in the ups and I've been really down. And the thing that I always tell myself is never give up because you never know. It's just, it's a cliche when they say, you know, you're digging, 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 and you're only one centimeter away from the diamond, but then you give up, mm. you know, just keep on going. You know, if it's not there, guess what? You have the biggest hole in the world. You know, <laughs> you might be there, you know, like you might not find the diamond, but then you might, you know, you, something else might happen. It's a mindset. See, I, I know a lot of people that went halfway and they had very successful ideas, I think of, and, and I think they had like uh, revolutionary ideas, but the only thing they couldn't like cope with it was the pressure 
was the the downfalls, you know. Again, I don't like to be always cliche, but th- these are the things that people say it, but they don't mean it. But when you mm. feel it and, and happens to you, it becomes reality. Like when they say, you know, fall seven, get up eight times, you know. Mm. This is where people are like, oh yeah, I am saying that, but you have never even fall once to get up second time, you know. But when you really fall seven times and you still get up, I don't think you will ever give up. It's just that drive and that, you know, fire in the person. So never give up is my, you know, motto. I think, again, as, as human beings, we always, you know, have enough doubts within us. I think it's when we are able to address our doubts internally, we become more capable of achieving whatever we, we uh, intend to achieve, uh, whether it's in business or it's at home or it's personal. So I think, you know, if you know what are your doubts internally, and you are able to sort of address it, you will be able to overcome any challenges in life. Would that mean uh, addressing the fears and then once you address it, it's like half of the problem is solved in that way? That's correct, yeah. The first advice I always repeat myself is um, nothing is in my control. Um, and and I always need to do my best and, and leave the outcome on, I'm a man of faith, so leave the outcome on God, I would say, and everything is written. That gives you a sense of uh, acceptance with, uh, you know, whatever you, 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 you're facing. So, and there is no action without a reaction, right? Uh, so, so you have to take a step towards your goal for you to actually achieve your goal. So always keep moving and uh, accept the outcome knowing that you did the best. Kindness. I always say kindness. I realized lately I've been doing something and I, I could see smiles on people's face, you know. If I go to valley parking or if I go to Akishio, just saying, hi, how are you? Mm. And it makes a huge difference. If last week I was at a cafe in the morning for work and this lady like walked and I was like, how was your day? She was like, I'm so tired. I was like, tired, are you okay? And she's like, you know, I, I work long hours, you know, and I, I want to get my license. You know, it's very hard to, with taxis in Dubai. And, you know, just opening conversation. And then she, she like to me, thank you for asking. And it's just a small gesture that makes a huge impact on a person. So she, and, and just take this as a habit. Just say, how are you? I reflect on life and I like to be inspired by people. I remember when I was in university, I went to do my master's. And okay. in class, I was sitting with a guy called Sultan Al-Hajji, who I know to be the COO of the French Petroleum. So... I looked at him and I was like, Sultan, why are you studying your master's? I know for a fact that you have different masters. Like, never stop learning. Mm. So this, you know, touched me. And never stop learning. Never stop trying new things. And why at this age would someone go and do his master's degree? Yeah. So eventually I came up to him and I told him, Sultan, (laughs) I want to be you. Okay. In half your age. Tell you can. Okay. And how? So let's talk, Sultan. I noticed that when we used to do presentations in class, Mm. he captivated the whole class. Everyone was listening to him. Mm. So I went up to him and said, Sultan, how? He told me, Roda, Toastmasters. Okay. What's Toastmasters? So I went and I Googled. We have it here in the UAE? Yep. Okay. We do. So I went and I Googled Toastmasters and I enrolled in a club, Mm. Toastmasters Club, Mm. which is like an organization that's more than 100 years old. And it was originally made for accountants to secure jobs interesting that you enhance them for a job interview mm. and I went there and I really enjoyed it so I started you know doing more public speaking mm. okay how to um, have conversations that would 
captivate people the way that Sultan captivated the class. Mm. And you started from there. So these are the small things, you know, uh, waking up early. Mm. We started the, another example is when we wanted to uh, build the 5 a.m. club. Okay. And as SBJ members, we used to go running 5 a.m. in the morning. Mm. So imagine if you go to Abu Dhabi, you'll find like 20 ladies running in, around Sheikh Zayed Mosque or Anyas. Nice. Just to uh, to get this lifestyle of waking up early mm. and tackling the day. Subhanallah, we've noticed that when you wake up early, you achieve a lot during the day. So by 10 a.m., we feel like it's, it's already... Yani, you've done a lot. We've done a lot and accomplished a lot. You, you, did, you did sports, you had breakfast, you went to work early, and even your mood is... Different. Different. It's, uh, it's very positive. What helped you identify your purpose, either as an entrepreneur or in general? Since I finished my studies in the States, in Canada, and I came back, I always had one thing in my mind. I would never work for someone. For, for some odd reason. You know, I worked for my father. I worked a little bit for the government. You know, I was in sports before for a couple of years. But it was all on my terms. You know, I always tell them, guys, I'm not going to come seven to three, you know, work in the office. And then, you know, you, you don't get anything from me, right? So how do we get into these stuff and what drives me and what, what makes me, you know, uh, do these things is, I think, one, is entrepreneurship mentality. You know, and, and a lot of people say you can learn entrepreneurship, you know. You can also learn to, how to be a doctor, but there are doctors who actually quit after they get their, you know, degree and they never practice, you know, because it was never their passion, you know. You could tell people to be an entrepreneur. You could teach them. You could mentor them. You could coach them. Do they have it in them? Mm-hmm. That's the question, right? So it's, it's, for us, it's also like how we look at opportunities, You know, like for me and my co-founder, Mohammed is my best friend since childhood. And how do we look at opportunities? You know, like our first venture actually was in 2012 and we did an events management company. Hmm. Uh, the second venture which we exited was the first CrossFit box in uh, Sharjah. So we saw an opportunity there. CrossFit's coming up. Let's open one in Sharjah. Was successful. We exited right away after, I think, 11 months. You know, because we know it's going to go down. It's just... Is a trend, you know. Again, uh, when we did last mile delivery, we have no clue. We have zero clue about last mile and logistics and not only food, but even goods and e-commerce and medicine and groceries. We had zero clue about that. But we went into it and, you know, we learned so fast. And we kind of, uh, kind of do like learn as you go, learn along kind of a thing. You know, like you're going to make mistakes, but just don't wait try to prove a point that is wrong or right and you're not doing anything. Keep on doing it. Make those mistakes and improve them as you go along. So I think that's how we started Tawseel. Again, Mughamert was another opportunity that we saw that post-COVID, everybody wants to go and do, you know, adventures, cycling, you know, (laughs) hiking, uh, kayaking. You know, nobody wants to go to a congested area, right? So that was another opportunity that we jumped onto it right away. Uh, at the bar, which is our cloud kitchen, uh, the same thing. You know, I, I told you, like, you know, we kind of create something that is, it might be there, but how can we be different about it? For example, like, the cloud kitchen is uh, located in a university. So mm-hmm. we didn't have to actually buy kitchen equipment and get all that thing done. It was just a ready kitchen. We went to a university. We took that opportunity that they'd have students. We said, we'll pay your rent for your kitchen. They were surprised, like, 
you will not have any students. We're like, no, 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 don't worry about it. We'll do only deliveries till your student comes back. We'll give you something on top of it. We'll make a menu for the student, subsidized prices for them to enjoy the best you know, food that we are actually making for uh, our online customers. Mm-hmm. So it was, this, and then we came up with brands like, there's no outside brand in our cloud kitchens, all you know, created by us. Uh, we don't come from an FMB background, but we have seen a lot. We have uh, kind of know what the consumer wants and the market needs, you know? So I think it's always, I think you have to have a very good problem-solving vision, you know? Hmm. Not to see the problem, but to predict the problem. This is what makes a difference, you know? Like, let's go back one point to Elon Musk. Elon Musk, when he started back in 2003, 2002, doing an electric car, at that time, it was crazy. His prototype, I think, cost him like almost a million dollars. So nobody would buy a million dollar car, you know, unless it's, you know, something, you know, with a big brand. So the question was, he kind of predicted the situation. He kind of predicted there's going to be a problem with fuel. They're going to predict that people want to be more environmental friendly. He kind of predicted that. So he kept pushing his product, his idea, his vision to go through. So it's not always wait when the problem happens and trying to solve it, but kind of figure out if there is a predictable problem that might occur mm. and then have it, you know? So things like that, I mean, it's not very easy, honestly. You have to be, you have to have a chunk of luck with it as well. But I think this is what makes a difference to have a good problem-solving ideas plus a little bit of luck with prediction of a problem. I think, you know, all of us have to go through that phase in life. I'm 38 years old today and, uh, you know, it's, um, you, you need to go through, a, you know, different events in your life to be able to come to a shock and a shocking moment that, you know, displaces you, discomforts you to be able to then look for your purpose. I think it's a, you know, you will always try to look for your purpose and it, the, the purpose keeps on changing also during our life stages. For me, it was mainly on loss. When you lose somebody close to you, that's the moment of finding a purpose and, and thinking life is too short. And that's, you know, that makes life more meaningful. Was that like a wake-up call? Yes, it's, a, it's definitely a wake-up call. What gives me drive? So there is a study saying that you have extrinsic and intrinsic motivations. So extrinsic motivations would be things that like a job title, a, uh, a salary increase, uh, a trophy, any kind of uh, material recognition, all right? And then you have your intrinsic motivations, which are basically three pillars, which are autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Uh, if you can instill these kind of uh, values, I would say, or that kind of motivation in yourself and in your team or in your company or in your partner, then the the chances of, of continuous motivation will always be there. So autonomy is making someone feel that they have control over their decisions, over, over their career, over their job. And, and they're not micromanaged. Uh, so they have that autonomy and where the direction they're going towards. Mastery is giving a person the feeling of being able to get better at what he does. And uh, purpose is that he's working towards something bigger than themselves. So how do I apply that, for example, with my team in, in, a, in a coffee environment, right? And what purpose can coffee have? 
And uh, for us, we, we look at ourselves, like I tell my team, we're a job creation company. You know, we create value, we create jobs, we create careers, we create happiness. You know, I look at I look at not my family as being my kids and my wife. I look at my family as being 60 odd employees and their families. How would they progress? How would they achieve their personal goals, their whether material or non-material goals? And and through the work that they do and, and how can they create a path within this industry for others to follow as well? So that's the kind of purpose they try to instill in them. When you say purpose, I differentiate in different ways. Okay. Sometimes you reach a point where you feel, is this the right thing I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Should I do it differently? Uh, I'll give you a big example. When I started the nursery, it took me a year and a half to be able to open a nursery. The cost I had to on me was like insane. I was like, I'm going to fail. I can't do this. You know, and why did I do this? But seeing what I have achieved today, it's been eight years. Yeah. And the reputation of the nursery, I'm so glad I did not give up. Mm. And it's normal on a person level, on like if you want to open a business. There are challenges everywhere in life, by the way. Yeah. You can't say there's nothing for granted. You have to fight not fight as an as a negative fight, but you know, you have to run after what you want. If you say, Oh, why is this person doing this and and I can't do it? Just focus on yourself. The purpose is yourself and the people around you that really mean a lot to you. Better at home, I have an office. Okay. And in this office I have a board. Okay. And on this board I have written everything I want so I can see them. Like a vision board? Like a vision board. Mm. And then in my notebook, I journal. And by the way, gratitude is very important because if you feel that you're an angry person or that for any reason you're becoming negative, Mm. gratitude helps a lot. Mm. It makes you happier, more positive. And you'll notice if you're happy and positive, a lot of people will be surrounding you Mm. because we need this energy. People thrive on happy people, energetic people, at least I do. <laughs> How thoughts, self-talk, and past experiences are shaping your perception? Do you revisit these thoughts in any category? I'll tell you something very personal to me. In 2005, I had a surgery. A couple of months before that, I was diagnosed with thymoma cancer. So it was, for me, it was a life-changing moment, right? In my worst dreams, even thinking about that. But when that happened, and it really put me down, like really took me underground, like kind of below zero kind of thing. But that one time, it was a huge wake-up call for me. It was like, okay, now it cannot get worse than this. The worst thing that happens in anybody's life is death. Everything else is manageable in a percentage. It's doable or it's fixable. Only death. You can't change, you can't fix, you can't bring it back, right? Everything else is, is doable. So... I went to a point that I was really close to that. You know, it was like a wake-up call from God, maybe like, you know, you can't do all these things. You got to wake up. You got to change your perspective of life and try to do the most prioritized things in your life. Try to prioritize your system, your life, your, your family, your work, you know, everything. So it was, it was a really huge wake-up call for me. I probably learned more in that one year that all my school year, my university, everything else. So it's just, I, I don't wish it to anyone else. I mean, but it's a process that 
you will have to learn how to live before you even become a person, like become a giving person or to do something, you know? So that was for me a huge wake-up call. And you mentioned that uh, you'd like to have some pioneers as successful people. Let's say, would you have different categories in your life that you would set, okay, if I am successful or if I'm unsuccessful in a certain category, would you address that specific category and then you, you would say, let's try it again? I mean, in business, at some point you would have to keep trying or either you'll pivot or you're going to try different ways. So would you do that with your own personal life, for instance? Yes, definitely. I mean, success is not a straight line. You know, we all want to be successful, but it's uh, it's the amount of failures which will get you to, to more success. The more you fail, the quicker you realize your failure, the quicker you address your failure, uh, the quicker you will be able to see success. And again, success is a very temporary measure. I can be successful today, but in 10 years time, I'm not successful. Um, so it's always to strive for that, always becoming better on a daily basis. So it's it's more challenging yourself rather than challenging anyone else. And I come also from a school of thought which says, you know, we are all unique. There's nobody who's better than the other. It's only when you realize what is your strength and what are you good at and what are you not good at, then you are able to sort of uh, become a better person and uh, become a high achiever, etc. Okay, and uh, let's say in terms of self-talk or these thoughts and the things that you're not good at, how would you address them, for example? So I think, you know, first we need to identify really what we are not good at and we need to face it. We need to be, you know, brave enough to, to address it with our own selves. Everybody has doubts. Everybody has doubts within their system. There's nothing wrong about that. Uh, what's wrong is if you let your fear control you rather than you control your fear. I have seen many times, you know, days where I didn't know whether I will be able to come out of a problem. But today, when I look backwards, uh, you know, I see, oh, that was a big problem. I was never able to think that I could, you know, pass it. So I think, you know, over time, every person will realize what is their strength and what is their weakness. I think we need to become more honest about it. Um, we need to, you know, get support uh, if that is a severe sort of, and it's okay to, to ask for that because there's nobody who is perfect. You know, we are all uh, learning along the way and we are all weak at moments of time and moments of life. And, you know, it's, uh, it's the belief to, to sort of come out of that. So you are a banker or you were a banker. And of course you were to the military service as well. And then you opened the fire safety training company and then went to the coffee hall business. Yes. Right? How does your past experiences shape your perception, especially when these fields do not seem to be similar in a way? I mean, uh, yes, they're not similar, uh, but again, they are, uh, they, they are service oriented. Okay. So whether you're selling bottles of water or you're selling, uh, you know, gold in the gold soup, at the end of the day, you're selling. So they all share a common business 
they all same, share the same factors, I would say, in terms of, you know, what makes a healthy business, what makes a healthy team, what, what values you're looking in a team member, um, the strategy you're going to be putting into place that would actually within your industry. So I, I don't think that necessarily being diversified is, is something wrong or something difficult to happen. Once you have that formula, right, of how to run a business and how to run a team and how to keep them motivated, then you'll be successful in any venture. So would you say that you're customer-centric oriented? Yes, 100%. I see uh, the essence of the success of any business is empathy. If you do not have empathy in your business, whether in, and, and applying that with all your stakeholders within the business, whether it's your employees or your customer uh, and your shareholders and, and, and your suppliers, if you don't imply empathy, you don't put yourself in their shoes, then you'll never be able to deliver for them the service that they are looking for. Uh, so, so 100% is customer-centric. Without the customer, the, the business does not exist. How self-talk and past experiences shape your perception? I always say, when you fail, you learn. Okay. People tend not to talk about their failures. I talk about my failures. Because I learned and others would learn. And when something negative happens, I always say, it happens for a purpose. Like when I have friends calling, this happened to me. I was like, you know what? Just say, alhamdulillah. Hmm. When something happens for you, it happens for a purpose. Stand up and find a way around it. We, we all go through our ups and downs. Life is not perfect, but it's the way you perceive life. This is my perception. Would you remind yourself of these good things that happen so that you can channel your future experiences or expectations? What I mean by that is you're trying new things, right? Yes. Sometimes these new things may happen in a good way. And maybe you're tackling something that you're afraid of or something that you're not really sure of, right? Would you try to remember the things that, let's say, you have really excelled in or that went really well so that you can hopefully manifest the, 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 the good outcome? Well, I once read an article uh, that says you have to have your own brag list, okay? okay? So this is a list where I write things that I did and that I'm very proud of. Okay. Okay. It's my, with people? No. Okay. This is only side. exclusive to Roda. It's your uh, comfort place to brag. Okay. Okay. Because people don't like, you know, see someone bragging. Right? But this is, this is my place where I write things that I'm very proud of. And it keeps me going. Another thing is I visualize myself in a few years. I see the, the younger version of me, the child mm. version of me, who I always look at. I look at myself when I was a teenager. I look at myself as this uh, driven person in university. I look at myself as Roda who just started her career. And I look at myself right now in my mid-career and with SBJ. And I look at myself in the future too. I have a vision of how I would look like mm. and what will I be doing because I know that I can. And with every milestone in life, it is a checklist. It is a checklist, but at the same time, it's a plan, I would say. Okay. It's a plan. And if you visualize it, it's going to happen. Mm. If I want to visualize something, I'll visualize it big. And the most important thing is I'm going to have fun with it. Mm. Level up, grow, try new things, but don't forget to have fun. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more.